Welcome to Career Tools. This week, choosing corporate or a startup. The questions this cast answers are, which should I choose, corporate or a startup? How do I choose between a corporate job or a startup job? And what matters when I'm making that choice? Are you dreaming of a great new job with better pay, benefits and a better quality of living for you and your family? This time of year is the best time to get that job. Now all you have to do is interview. If you understand the process of an interview and what's expected of you, you can excel. Managed Tools interview series will give you that confidence. We promise. To find out more, go to www.managertools.com forward slash hashtag interview. That's managertools.com forward slash hashtag interview. So Sarah, we receive many emails from listeners who are wondering whether they should move into a more corporate environment. So one of the big companies, the Fortune 100 companies that we've all heard of, or maybe a company that's big locally, or whether they should go to the excitement of a startup and be the next Uber or the next Airbnb or whatever. And sometimes people are at the beginning of their career and they think, I want to just start up because I have no risk now. You know, I'm living at home. I don't have high costs. And, you know, it could be the making of me. And sometimes it's because people have had a long corporate career and they're ready for, they, you know, they've probably got some money put aside. They can take the risk of a couple of years of doing a startup and, They want some excitement or just something different in their career if they've been working for kind of 30 years in the corporate world. Or the flip side, in my experience, (laughs) there have been individuals uh, that I've worked with in the past who were doing the startup, the contractor position. And then as they got older, they wanted to move to the corporate because it was more stable and it was a bit slower so that they could retire there. Yeah. So people are moving constantly between the two. And we want to try and help you make that choice if you're considering it and just give you some things to think about. So the first part is it's a false choice. (laughs) There isn't a choice between corporate and startup. They're kind of two ends of a continuum rather than being black and white. That's the only two choices. There's 48% of Americans are employed in businesses of under 500 people. And about only 3% of those are classified as startups. So even though there's a lot of people working in smallish companies, very few of them are startups, even though all you seem to read about is, you know, the next Zuckerberg sitting in a a room in San Francisco that he's sharing with six other people and they're all going to be the next geniuses. That isn't the reality of the American work, workforce in general, and, and this is the same across the world. Even though startups get the press because they're exciting, there are way more people who work for small companies or big corporates than there are people who are working in small startups. And you can work in a three-person accountancy firm or a 450-person factory and still not either be in a startup or in the corporate camp. Neither of those kind of fall into that black or white thinking. It's all a continuum. So you don't have to, if you're sitting in a corporate and you're thinking, 
uh, I really want to do a startup, but I can't afford to lose so much stability. You could move to a much smaller company and have the excitement and the fast moving and the ability to do lots of uh, lots of jobs and have lots of hats without moving into, you know, having to work for an 18 year old who's going to be the next Zuckerberg. And at what point do startups flip to corporate? So is Google still a startup or is it corporate? There's tons of people. And if you're looking for that excitement, uh, that variability in a job, okay, they've got it, <laughs> right? Are they startup? Yeah, would you call Amazon a startup? No, you probably wouldn't, but Amazon's doing something new every day. If you look at the bottom of an Amazon page, there's uh, the list of companies they now own and the things that they now do. And every time I look at it, I'm like, there's like five things I didn't know they did. Uh, Absolutely. So we're always saying there's more firms and industries and ways to work than you think of. And the reason that we say that is because what you read in the news is very, very warped. It's warped towards those Fortune 100 and the startup. And it makes it seem like there's a great chasm in the middle where nothing happens. And that is totally not true. Both startups and corporates, they have well-known pros and cons. Uh, startup gives you the excitement, right? That feeling of being part of the creation of something. Uh, but things like that often come, come with longer work hours, uh, more effort put in, and corporate gives you that stability, right? That price of politics um, and processes, though, it does come into play. Yeah, you get the stability, but the politics can get you to and the, the pros and cons, though, don't actually apply solely to the type of company. So a corporate branching out into a new area can be exciting and creative and give you all the things that a startup gives you, but still give you some stability. Many of the big corporates have these things called skunk works, which is a kind of place where they experiment with new ideas and they try to reach new customers. And so you can always have that excitement, even in a bigger company. And they give you all the stability and the benefits and the career progression that you might want. They might not be as flexible, but how nice it is to leave at a regular time and uh, to have extra resources that you can bring on when things get really busy. I always said the best thing about working for a company, and a, a big company, was that somebody came to fix the photocopier. I didn't have to work out how to do that myself. And I know we don't use photocopiers anymore because we just print everything. But uh, <laughs> when, when photocopying was the thing, it was nice to have someone come fix it. Absolutely. My, in my experience, when I moved from, oh, I moved from a university, so like oh, thousands upon thousands of staff members, and I came to Manager Tools, uh, and there are nine of us. For me, one of the hardest things I think in my adjustment was going from the specialization of labor to doing everything, right, from the photocopying, which we don't have anymore. However, going from the photocopying all the way up, trying to wrap my brain around that because I'd spent so many years in, in that category, right? This is my job. That is your job. I posted, I mailed, I got out the envelope, I put the book in the envelope, I printed the label for mailing a book today, one of Mark's books, out to a customer. And yet later on, I was talking strategy. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the joy of a joy of working in a small company, a very small company, is that you get to do everything. And then sometimes it feels like I really wish I could just concentrate on one thing. 
But then as soon as a startup reaches 10 people like we have, it starts to need processes and procedures to make sure everybody is working efficiently. I remember when we first started to have to do expense reports and I didn't do mine for like six months because I really didn't want to do expense reports. And in the end, Mark told me I had to. Uh Um, But you know, they just felt like big company and I didn't want to be in that, in that environment. And yeah, you do have to because you can't have 10 people working and not begin to have processes because you're just making someone else's job harder. And some people don't do that this early, but that's, that's a whole different story. And if you're going to code an entire system and there's only one or two of you, that's day after day after day of boring coding. And so you can have a boring corporate job. You can have boring, you can actually have a boring startup job. Boredom is everywhere. Right. So even if you think your time's flexible, if you're burning through capital, the time pressure forces long hours, regardless of where you work. So the choice really isn't between corporate or startup. It's just about finding an environment that gives you more of those things that you want and less of those things that you don't want. The size of the company doesn't really matter at all. It really doesn't. So the next section is your family situation matters. So we've said that the measure of stability, uh, it's different whether you're in a startup or in a corporate. But again, it's not as black and white a choice as we might think it is. In a corporation, they can lay you off without notice, as we've seen over and over in the last 20 years, and all the benefits that you've been given in this role that you've been using can disappear. Yeah. And that said, when you're laid off from a big company, you're likely to get paid for the time you've worked. When a startup or a smaller, badly run company runs out of money, you may not get paid at all. And, you know, a corporate gives you a big name for your resume, a a failed startup, not so much. Mm -hmm. And also job titles, for that matter. Oh, yes. The bigger, the more important the job title sounds, the better it looks on a resume. Yeah, it does. People with families or other dependents who don't have big financial cushions, and I would urge you to uh, listen to the podcast about finances and having six months of your income put by, if you haven't already, but if you don't have a, a big financial cushion then a more stable company is probably a wiser choice and as we said that does not have to be a big company you know as we said a three-person accountancy firm might be have been going for 25 years and have regular clients and you know have a regular year where they know what's coming in at any one point and still only be a small company but if you're looking for stability then look for stability but don't but don't look for the size of company because the size of company isn't necessarily what's going to give you that stability. So again, it's not the size or the stage of the company that really matters, but the level of instability that you can tolerate. If you need uh, for your family to have a nice health and benefit package, if you're financially strong, even if you have a family, you can absolutely go the startup route. If they can tolerate, if your family can tolerate that uncertainty. Yeah. And lots of people who are without families, you know, if, if you are the only person you depend on, then you need your income because that's the only income you have. So you can be single and need stability too. It's, it's all to do with 
who you're supporting and where that income comes from and what level of risk you can endure. Absolutely. The next part, the grass is always greener. Isn't it just? <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> so the day your corporate boss nags you about that same old process, like expense reporting, or your idea doesn't get approved because of politics and you have to go to the world's most boring meeting, it's not the day to hand in your notice and join a five-person startup that just pivoted and barely has any idea, let alone a product. Nor is the first time that you don't get paid at your startup the day to decide to join a corporate. Yeah. So no sudden decisions, I think, here. You know, we can think when you're when you're having a rough day in a corporate, then this wouldn't happen if I was at a startup. And equally, you can think if I was a startup, oh, this wouldn't happen if I was with a Fortune 100 company. And as we've seen, both have pros and cons. And you, you can find the environment you want. If you see the world as consisting of startups on one field and corporates over the fence, whichever side you're on, the grass is greener. We always want what we don't have. And we make unwise choices in the moment if we make that choice in the moment. I've worked for... Tiny companies, I've actually worked for companies smaller than managed tools, and I have worked for companies which rank among the biggest in the world. And I always say I won't work for someone who doesn't have someone to come fix the photocopier. And yet I've been <laughs> a manager tools for 10 years, so clearly I don't know myself at all. Whenever I've been working, whichever job I've been working in, whether it's a big company or a small company, I've always wanted to work in the op in the opposite one. And all the time I've worked in, in for-profit, I've wanted to work in non-profit. And when I worked in non-profit, I wanted to go back to for-profit. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked on both sides of the hiring triangle. You know, I've worked as a recruiter and I've worked in a company working with recruiters. And every time I did it, I wanted to be on the other side. On the days when things didn't go well or I got frustrated or whatever, if I'd taken notice of my emotions, I would have changed jobs another extra 20 times. And that's not good for your career. So Absolutely. That's where relationships matter. I came from an IT department at a huge university and two days ago, I had to have somebody from my old IT department come and fix my computer because <laughs> no one works here that can fix my computer. And IT and I, we don't like each other. So for me, that was convenience in a corporate. So now that I'm in a smaller organization, as long as I maintain those relationships, I can still get what I need done. Yes, exactly. So it doesn't matter, right, that you're working for a small company because you still have all those relationships from your big company days. Absolutely. So what we want you to do is really think about what it is that you're actually looking for. And we have a whole series of casts called Choosing a Company that talk about all the different elements a company has, uh, different features that a company has, and it helps you work out where you want to be like, based on those features. But... We want you to take a measured approach. We wanted you to think about this carefully because anytime you change jobs, you're taking a risk. People came into us when we were recruiting um, and they would have uh, like changed jobs six months ago and they'd be like, oh, I want to change already because I don't like my boss or I'm not getting paid enough or whatever. And we wanted to say to them, well, you made those choices 
And what happens is you hear about a job, you get really excited about it, you meet the hiring manager once, you seem to get on and you choose that job. And because you've chosen quickly and you've only looked at it through rosy colored glasses, you sometimes make the wrong choice and then you're searching again six months later and that's not what we want to happen to you we want you to make a measured decision one of the things that we used to ask people to do when they were thinking about accepting an offer was to tell us all the bad things so tell us all the reasons why this isn't a great job for you and if they could list those misgivings and still want the job still you know be aware that they were taking a pay cut and what that meant for their finances or be aware that they were moving to a smaller company and they would have to work more jobs as it were have more hats or be aware that they were moving to a company that had an expense policy and they were going to have to do their expenses every week as long as you're aware of all those things and you still want the job then that's the right job for you But don't look at it from over the fence and say, oh, look at that. I would have a shorter commute. I would enjoy that job so much more. I'll go over and get it. And the only benefit is the the shorter commute because that job you're soon going to get bored of or you're soon going to find all the flaws in it that make you want to leave again. Absolutely. If you look for reasons to say yes, you will find reasons to say yes. Very true. (laughs) If you look for reasons to say no you're going to find reasons to say no. So you've got to look for both of them. Yeah. Make a weighted decision, for sure. But the good news is, you can always go back. Mm-hmm. Those people um, that email us often think that they're stuck wherever they are, right? I took this position and now I'm trapped here. Now, whether it's job title, the location of the company, the skill set, or any other choice that they made a long time ago, they think that there's no way out. Now I'm stuck here. And this is never true. No one's unemployable. Everyone can change their circumstances. It's not going to be easy, right? Change is hard. None of us like it, but it can be done. And if you have a career record of working in startups or small companies and you go to a corporate and you hate it, you can still get another, another job in a small company and vice versa. You just have to be convincing about your reason for the change Because hiring managers think about risk when they're hiring and they can never know everything about you and what it's going to be like working with you. And so there's a risk every time they hire. And what they try to do is minimize that risk by always finding someone to hire who has worked in or uh, the same kind of environment or has all the attributes that they're looking for. And they never find that person because that person never exists. If you have one thing like oh you you were working you've only worked in startups and now you want to come work for my corporate what you want to do is be able to convince the hiring manager that you've thought of the pros and cons and that you're okay with them so the work that you do previously around not looking at green grass but actually looking at what's in the field with you uh-huh. a raging bull um that will be useful to you when you're actually inter- in the interview because you can use that to convince the hiring manager that there's no risk in hiring you. Anytime that there's something about you as a candidate that doesn't fit, uh, the hiring manager is going to identify that as a risk. And on the flip side, as a hiring manager, you are looking for those faults. So we recommend the podcast. We've got it's a four-part uh, series on hiring overqualifieds. Hiring overqualifieds, one of the best decisions I ever made in my career. Hiring an overqualified that works is amazing. Makes your job so much easier. 
Yeah. So this happens every time you interview. It's just that if you have a track record of always having worked in the same a similar size company or a similar industry, then you just haven't been asked it yet. Nobody's ever asked you, are you sure you know what you're doing before you make this big leap? And are you sure what you you know what you're doing is hiring manager code for? Are you going to leave in six months? Uh-huh, exactly. So don't worry. If you decide that you're going to move to a different kind of company because it has different benefits and you know what risk you're taking on and it turns out to still be the wrong choice, it's okay. One blip on your resume won't matter. And you will be able to get a job back where you wanted it that you just didn't know was the best place you could be. Exactly. So in summary, corporate uh, versus startup, it's not really the choice here. What you're choosing between is the perceived attributes of the two types. So instead, you're going to whittle it down to the attributes you're looking for, and then you're going to find companies that fit it. Exactly. So you're going to look for, if you want flexibility, then you're going to look for a company that offers you flexibility and not assume that a startup will give it to you and a corporate won't, because that's almost never true. You can definitely find corporates with flexible working policies and be happier there than you would be in a startup where flexible working policy actually means we expect you to work 24-7. That's not your idea of flexible, probably, but that's many startups' idea of flexible. So look for the attributes that you really want in a job or in a company and then make the choice. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Have a great day, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Hope that was helpful. We'll see you again next week. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manage Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>